Unmasking Eve, unmasking Eve, un 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 This is Abby. This is Joey. And, and this, this is Unmasking Evil. All right. So today we're going to talk about the story of the mysterious death of Tiffany Valiente. Uh, this is a case that Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix covered in Volume 3, Episode 1. Um, and Dad, we actually watched this one together. And I don't know about you, but this one really stuck with me. You know, it was something that at first I was like, ah. I wasn't really into it, but the longer it went on, I was like, holy crap, this is like crazy. Yeah, me too. So Tiffany was an 18-year-old young woman from Mays Landing, New Jersey. This is a small town, like, and everybody knows everybody's small town, kind of like our town. <laughs> the, <laughs> actually, it's a, smaller than our town because the population is like 5,000, according to the 2020 census. But Tiffany had just graduated from high school in May of 2015. She was happy, smart, and close with her friends and family, and she was preparing to start college at Mercy College in New York. She had actually just received a scholarship for playing volleyball. And that's the thing. Tiffany loved volleyball. It was one of her favorite hobbies, the type of hobby where that's all you want to do. And as I was researching, I found this personal statement from her on the NCSA sports website about her love for volleyball. And Dad, if you wanted to go ahead and read this for us, and then I thought we could talk about it. Yeah, I would go ahead and read that. So so this is in her words, quoting her. I started playing volleyball my freshman year of high school. As soon as I touched the ball, I knew my life was about to change. Before then, I was dedicated to playing softball. I started playing when I was about five or six. I thought I loved it. But my introduction to volleyball changed my life dramatically. I feel so in love with the sport. I stopped playing softball my sophomore year and decided to focus on pursuing my dream of mine, which is playing volleyball in college. I cannot see myself not playing it. My dream since I was little was to play a sport when I went to college. I never thought I would be playing volleyball, but I'm so glad I am. It has helped me figure out who I am actually am. When I started playing for my club team, East Coast Crush, I thought I had an idea of what I was doing. But boy, was I wrong. <laughs> they helped me so much. I'm so thankful to my teammates, my coaches, and family for supporting me and making me the player I am today. I want to major in criminal justice. I really love an opportunity to play volleyball at a college level, and I'm going to do my best to make it happen. Isn't that so sad? That's that, heartbreaking. Like, I know. Especially the... Going to college for criminal justice. Oh, yeah. And then the farther we get into this, where that kind of may play into that some, mm -hmm. that's crazy. That's just so sad because, like, she was going to start college in August and she had a scholarship to play volleyball in college. So when did this take place? Um, in July? July of 2015, just a couple months after her graduation. So she was two months out from starting college yep so she was really looking forward to starting this aspect of her life oh, and that's why i included that because it like i read that and i was like like my heart hurt i was like that is just so sad i know she's such a young young life 
Mm -hmm. All right. So a few months after her high school graduation on July 12th, 2015, Tiffany Valiente was hit and killed by a train. Now, her case is technically closed as they had ruled ruled it a suicide, but her family, myself, and even some investigators do not think this was a suicide. Do you, did you think it was a suicide initially? Initially, yes. Um, And a lot of that was because as I talked about the case, and and you're aware of this, I kind of had a childhood experience where I had considered the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so I could see how somebody would be like, this is how I'm going out. You know, depressed, sad, feel like you have a future. And that seems like a quick, easy, painless way because, I mean, it's going to be instantaneous. Yeah. And so I I did think that initially it was a suicide. Mm -hmm. There are many factors pointing to suicide being a viable option, but there's also more factors pointing to it being foul play. All right. So getting into the story, on the night of July 12th, 2015, Tiffany Valiente attended a graduation party for her cousin. She attended this party with her parents, Steve and Diane, um, and this party was also just across the street from her home. So what I gathered from my research at the party at around 9 p.m., one of Tiffany's friends had contacted her mother, Diane, and asked to speak to them at the home. Um, So Diane gave Steve a little bit of a rundown of what was going on and asked if he wanted to go there with them, and he did. So whenever they got to the house, the friend then started started accusing Tiffany of using her credit card. According to Tiffany's mother, Tiffany had initially denied these accusations until the friend left and then she admitted to it to her mom. So understandably so, her mom was disappointed. <laughs> she and she was going to go inside to get Steve because Steve had actually gone inside to the house. So he wasn't there for the actual like confrontation. Right. But then whenever Steve and Diane came back outside to talk to Tiffany, she was gone. So I was just curious what you were thinking at this point. Well, at this point, I instantly thought it's suicide Mm -hmm. because using her friend's credit card, getting caught, denying it to her friend, admitting it to her mom. And then she's like, crap, I just ruined my life. Mm -hmm. This is something that could ruin my college opportunity. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's depending on and it didn't say, but depending on how much she had spent could have meant felony charges and if it would have been felony charges it definitely could have rendered opportunity oh, yeah, for sure for especially advancing to a criminal justice degree yeah and her scholarship probably and her scholarship good. yeah so initially i was like oh it's definitely a suicide mm-hmm. well so the next thing her parents do after discovering their daughter was nowhere to be found is they begin calling and texting her as well as her friends and family and all of her friends and family then began uh, texting and calling her, too. And actually, in the episode, it played a voicemail that her dad left her. Do you remember that? Oh, that was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was so sad. Yeah, it was. And it was showing, like, text messages and stuff. And Yeah, they were flashing up on the screen. And her dad was sitting there as the voicemail was playing. And you could just see and, and for me, feel the emotion that he was feeling. Definitely. Um, No one they spoke to had seen or talked to Tiffany since her mom last saw her in the front yard. Um, And since the graduation party was actually on their road, like we said earlier, there were a lot of people parked on the road. So you would think somebody would see her leaving if she was walking down the road, right? Right. And they mentioned she's six foot two. Mm -hmm. So that's very tall. Yeah. So definitely someone would have seen her leaving. Yeah. 
especially if she was walking. So what was weird to Steve and Diane right off the bat was that this is an 18-year-old girl, um, and they said that she had her phone attached to her hand 24-7. I know me, when I was a teenager, my phone was attached to my hand 24-7. More like 24-8. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And so that was just really weird to them. And then especially, you know, with all of their friends and family calling her and texting her to you think, if she was okay, somebody or she would answer somebody. At least Be like, hey, somebody. I'm okay. Yeah. Well, at least it's one I person. Mm-hmm. If it was me, I'd been like, hey, I, I need a moment or two. You know, I'll I'll call you back or I'll message you back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at this point, Michael, Tiffany's uncle, had actually gone to his mother's house, so Tiffany's grandmother's house, to see if she had gone there. Because I think um, I was on my research outside of the episode they there was a cousin that was talking about how they would always go to their grandma's house and it was like in walking distance so they would walk okay. or like ride their bicycles there sometimes okay and that wasn't in a netflix on the unsolved mystery no they just mentioned going to go check the grandma's house um and she wasn't there right this is whenever he decided to start driving down pomona road towards the train tracks to see if he saw her or any sign of her because i was thinking he was probably thinking she decided to take a walk to clear her head or something maybe right um, after what had just happened and then um, but he didn't see her but then as he came closer to the tracks he saw a bunch of police and commotion and so he decided to get out to ask if they had seen Tiffany okay yeah so he said he got out to ask if they had seen a very tall athletically built girl because like you said she was six right. two yeah which is very tall in general but especially for a female yes <laughs> but the police said that they did not see her so they did have someone who was struck by the train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said they did have somebody who was struck by the train. And her uncle, Michael, says at this point, he's really hoping that it's not her, but the police were very confident that it was, that it was her. Yeah. And so they asked him if he could do the unthinkable. They needed him to identify her. Oh, man. And to me, it doesn't matter if you're a parent, an uncle, a cousin doing that. Yeah. That I don't. I don't think I could. That's hard. Yep. Um, And unfortunately, the girl hit by the train was Tiffany. And um, I remember her uncle saying that he's glad he was the one that came across that scene to identify her because he does not think his brother would have been able to handle that. Yeah. I don't think any parent would be able to handle that. I I couldn't imagine. I don't think anybody... That's a nightmare. ...would be okay. That's a nightmare that you could never get over. I know. It's sad. Um, Okay, so after confirming that the girl hit by the train was Tiffany, the police said that they needed him to go to his brother's brother's house to break the news to everybody. Right. I don't think I'd be able to do that either. (laughs) Um, You know, like, that's, like, the worst news ever. There was a lot put on the uncle. A lot. Yeah, I noticed. And, and, and it gets worse. It, it's very sad. Yeah. It's very sad. Very sad. And it gets worse. And in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, Diane actually recalls the way she felt during this time. She said everybody gathered at the home because Michael told them to all stay put and he would be over there shortly. She said she just remembers whenever he got there, his face was just completely white. Like he looked like a ghost. Do you remember right. saying that? Yes. And then the next day before the family had even had any news or updates about what had happened, there was already news articles saying that Tiffany had committed suicide. Right. And this is basically where all the all the confusion began. Yeah. And then only a few days after her death, I believe it was July 17th. I may be wrong about that. I'm not sure. But that's whenever the medical examiner ruled Tiffany's death a suicide officially with no physical evidence showing that that is what happened. 
Right. And her family is still very adamant to this day that she would not have taken her own life. Right. And there are quite a few details pointing to foul play being the case here. Diane states that she was happy and she had plans for college, as we talked about. And But she also had plans to go out with her friends, like, just the next morning. I think to some theme park. Yeah. I can't remember what they called it. A water park or a theme park, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then she also mentioned that she did have a girlfriend, but and they just broken up the Friday before. But it was the mu- days before. But it was a mutual breakup. Yeah, because whenever she first started talking about that, I was like, mm, mm-hmm. "That's a red flag." But yeah. then, yeah, it was mutual, and there were other people that corroborated that. Yeah, and and she had started seeing somebody else. Mm-hmm. And the phone records confirmed that as well. Yeah, and um, even the day before her death, to. Tiffany tweeted, quote, dude, I probably shouldn't be, but I'm kind of content right now, end quote. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, like that, that just shows that she's happy, you know? Well, it, to me, it made me feel like that there was something that she felt like was, I'm content, but there's some reasons why I shouldn't be. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, because she says, dude, I probably shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. And and see, because at this point, I'm still on the, it's a suicide. Oh, were you? I was. Yeah, before they got into all the details? Yeah, because at this point, I'm still, it's a suicide. That came up, and I'm like, there's another red flag. That is true. Yeah. All right, so getting into the details, here's what we know. Tiffany's dad, Steve, had remembered that he had a deer camera out by the driveway, so whenever they went to go check it, Tiffany was seen walking down the driveway at 9.28 p.m. And shortly after, just a minute after, is whenever Steve and Diane came into frame at 9.29 p.m. And she was gone. She was nowhere to be found. And that was weird to me. <laughs> yeah, one minute. Yeah. Like, can you imagine that? Missing her by one minute. One minute. Which tells me she didn't walk. That's what I'm saying. I don't think she walked either. Because you'd think they'd be calling her name. Yeah. And if she was down the road, but then again, if it was, if she was going to go take her own life, then she wouldn't have listened if they were calling for her. Right. So I don't know. But um, Diane recalled that the, she thinks that the way Tiffany was walking, it kind of looks like somebody had called her name from down the driveway. Did you, did you think that as well? I did. It kind of seemed that way to me as well. Yeah, I did feel that way. Um, so we also know that the family had found her phone very close to the driveway, but on the side of the road, kind of in the ditch. And it kind of showed like a little clip of this. And that would explain why she wasn't answering her phone. Yeah, just a few feet off the road. Yeah, it like really close to her house. And Diane said that at this point, she she knows something is really wrong. Uh-huh. Because, again, teenage girl, she doesn't like go for her phone. <laughs> yeah, because why would you drop your phone right there? Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you're upset, okay, I basically stole from my friend potentially a large amount of money. I've ruined my life, but at this point, I don't think, even if it was a suicide, I don't think she had thoughts of suicide. Mm-hmm. I think if it was a suicide, it was just a by chance of... I'm at the railroad tracks, the train's coming, I'm done. Because there's no way for us to know when there's a train, right? Right. Because they were talking about suicide, and I'm like, surely somebody is going to say, how is it suicide? Because how would she know there was a train at that time? Right. Unless, like you said, it was like a last-minute decision. Oh, here comes the train, let me hop in front of it. Right. You know? So, and so the, the phone thing was very suspicious to me. 
Yeah. Um. So we also know that whenever Tiffany's body was found, all she was wearing was her underwear and a sports bra. Uh, which is weird. Extremely. And from the deer camera, it shows that she left the house in a tank top, light blue jean shorts that were almost white, white slip-on shoes, and a white headband. Yep. Um, I believe the tank top was found because they never mentioned finding it later that it was still lost. Right. Oh, yeah. They, they never didn't said anything about that. Yeah, we'll talk about the tank top in a minute. No, but I think the tank top was found maybe near her body because they don't mention it after that. Right. I'm not sure. But um, her family had also stated in the episode of Unsolved Mysteries that Tiffany was terrified of the dark. Do you remember that? I do, yes. And so she was hit, hit by the train the side of the impact site was 2.6 miles away from her home. Right. Which isn't that far. No. And it was a mile away from the nearest intersection, like in the woods, kind of. Mm-hmm. Late at night. Mm-hmm. No lights. So then, like, afraid of the dark, that was a little weird to me. Yes. I'm I'm one of those people, and you're aware of this, I used to walk around at night a lot. Mm-hmm. And... It trips me. I can't do it. See, I just, I just and a scared. lot of people can't. I used to. For me, it's not a problem, but for a lot of people, it is. I used Especially to. Especially an 18-year-old girl. Oh, yeah. I've heard too many murder stories. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so she didn't have her shoes. Her shoes were lost. I don't think she was wearing socks. So that means that she walked all of that way, or most of it, barefoot. Over a mile. Yeah. Mile and a half. Over a mile barefoot. Yeah. And that was weird because especially like the terrain of the train tracks. Right. We used to like go walk on those. It's rough, mm-hmm. even in shoes. Even in shoes. And so they also mentioned pictures and they showed the pictures of her feet. Mm-hmm. And they they weren't clean. Like they weren't, you know, yeah, they were perfect, but dirty. they didn't look but like somebody had walked that far. That far. Because to, kind of to me, they would have had, because think about this. And because we've walked on the railroad tracks, yeah, quite a bit, yeah. And there's tar, uh huh. And she didn't have no black tar on her feet. No. There's a lot of sharp rocks. There's glass. There's metal shaving. And she didn't have any cuts, not splinters, anything. Yeah. And I thought that that was very weird. The the only thing I could think is if she was walking on the rail, you know, balancing on the rail and just yeah. walking down it. But, I mean, walking down the rail for a mile, uh, I guess I could see that. An athlete, a very good athlete. Yeah, that's true. Potentially. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Well, that's strange, but it gets worse. <laughs> you remember the family's attorney, Paul DeMotto? Yes. Stated that the impact was located on the lower left side of the train nearest to the tracks. Right. And there were two engineers working on the train. Yeah, senior engineer and a student engineer. Yes. And on the night of the incident, both of the engineers signed a report saying they had seen Tiffany dive in front of the train. Right. Dive. Yes. So coming out of the woods and dove in front of the train. Mm-hmm. But listen to this. Six days later, when he's put under oath, the senior engineer changes his story. Mm-hmm. So now he says that his back was turned because he was talking to the conductor and he didn't see a single thing. Right. And that's... And I'm like, okay, why would you... Well, to me, potentially, at the very beginning, it's, I'm supposed to be watching what he's doing. I wasn't. 
Yeah, so that's true. He probably protecting to cover his butt. Yeah, cover his butt. And that he's put under oath, so he has to tell the truth. Right. That makes sense. Okay, I didn't think about that. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul D'Amato states that on the night of the incident, the student engineer made a statement. He says, quote, I did not see her until I was on top of her, end quote. But then six days later, again, when he's put under oath, his story also changes. Right. Now he says, quote, I see something when I'm half a mile away, then a quarter mile away, and then I see a person jump out of the woods onto the tracks. Yeah. End quote. And so moving on to Louise Hausman, who is retired from the Atlantic County Medical Examiner's Office. She said she was an investigator there for 20 years. She states that she was extremely concerned by the sworn statements of the two engineers, rightfully so. Yes. Yes, I agree. If I was in that position, I would have been very iffy. Mm -hmm. And she goes into the details of the black box located on the train. And from the time the horn was sounded and the train struck Tiffany and then the emergency brake was applied, it took a total of 4.1 seconds with the train traveling at 80 miles per hour. I forgot about that. Yeah. And so to be honest, I wasn't sure how to take that. I didn't know if she was initially trying to say that means he saw her from far away because like that's quick 80 miles an hour it's really quick so he could have seen her what did you think about that i'm not so sure i've never been in the conductor seat of a train i've never been in a train period and not (laughs) i don't know how far the lights can see but i do know from a car distance 80 miles an hour you can't see a deer a half a mile away that's true that is maybe a quarter quarter of a mile but you're on that deer pretty quick. And most people, even if they see the deer, they hit the deer. Yeah. Like, I, I almost hit a deer one time. I was driving in the country at night. And I didn't see it until it was, like, literally in front of me. Right. And that's, like, 40 miles an hour. Yeah. I was going, like, 40, 45, maybe. Yeah. So, twice the speed. I, I don't think I don't think he would have saw her a, half a mile out. Especially at, at night. At night. It was dark, yeah. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. There's no street lights. Mm-hmm. Um, but later, Louise, she she gives a statement. She says, quote, I believe the student engineer was in a state of shock. Yeah. If you hit someone in a car, are you going to be able to exactly recount what happened? Probably not, end quote. See, and that's that's my biggest thing right there is I don't feel like in that situation that anybody's going to be able to retell the events that happened Mm-mm. exactly the way that happened. Mm-mm. Nobody. Mm-mm. I know I wouldn't be able to. Mm-mm. It has to be somebody that was extremely qualified to deal with traumatic, like, military personnel. Yeah. Police personnel, fire department, medical doctors, you know, people that are trained to deal with traumatic stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But an ordinary citizen, uh, no, I don't think you're going to be able to recount the details for exactly how they happened. I don't think so either, because she she also says, she says, I think, okay, whatever, we're going to move on. Uh, Jim Brennan Stoll, is that Jim Brennan Stoll, who is a private detective working with the family, he goes back into detail about how far Tiffany was from her home when she was struck. So again, she was 2.6 miles away from her home and a mile into the woods from the nearest intersection. He says that the scene was not treated like a crime scene. Not at all. It wasn't taped off. Mm-mm. It wasn't processed correctly. Mm-mm. People were walking all over the place. 
absolutely no investigation was done. No autopsy was conducted. Rape kit was completed. No organs were examined. And I just, nothing was done. Yeah. Nothing was done correctly. Mm-mm. Anyway. No, and uh, then Jem says that in order to rule a death a suicide, you need to look into murder being a possibility. And there was no evidence that that was ever done. Because if that was done, then an autopsy would have been done. A rape kit would have been done, you know. Because, I mean, her shorts were gone. Right. Why was rape kit not done? That that made me mad. Yeah. It made me very mad. Yeah. Um, and Diane also states that nobody had ever reached out to Tiffany's family to ask questions about her life, to get an idea on it, like, if she would have taken her own life. Or if there was anything suspicious they needed to look into. Yeah, no one reached out to family. No one reached out to friends. Mm-mm. That. They opened and shut the case like it was nothing, and in my opinion, like she didn't matter. Yeah. And that was so wrong Mm -hmm. on so many levels. I agree. I agree. They did do a toxicology report, um, and it was clean. She didn't have any alcohol, no drugs in her system in the time of her death, and Louise Hausman says, like, she thinks this means the manner of death should have been ruled undetermined, at least. Right. And I agree with that 100%. Um, Tiffany's remains were cremated, so exhuming the body for further investigation is not possible. Hey, Alan. That infuriated me a lot. (laughs) It did me too. And, I mean, I'm sure that was, like, her family's choice, like, they wanted to do that, but it's just still, like... Wow. Because we could probably go back and test for DNA. Yeah. You know, but... Yeah, and they, again, very traumatic situation. They probably weren't thinking Yeah, about that, and that probably never crossed their minds either, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. And uh, so three weeks after her death on August 3rd, Tiffany's mom was walking along the road that Tiffany was thought to take to get to the tracks to see if she missed anything critical or if the police missed anything, because they obviously didn't do their jobs. Um, And then she comes to a certain spot on the road and she looks to her right and she sees Tiffany's shoes. Yeah. And like the trees. Now, now you said the police. This is not regular police. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I forgot to mention that it was the New Jersey Transit right police yeah it, it was, wasn't the county police or anything right and i remember brennan stole it's the police detective. department for the train yeah. station the i remember the private uh investigator said new jersey transit police are not trying trained to deal with suspicious deaths or homicides right or anything like that so yeah exactly yeah you're right um, so whenever she sees her shoes, she said at this moment all she could do was fall to the ground. And then when she fell to the ground, she looks to her right and she saw Tiffany's headband. Right. And this was about about two miles, like one point seven five miles away from the scene. Yeah, but a mile and a mile and three fourths. Mm-hmm. So almost two miles. Yeah. So then, let's say she kicked her shoes off, you know, and put them there. She's walking two miles. Yeah. So then there's our walking theory. Her feet would have been, surely, her feet would have been. If she stayed stayed in the grass from that point until where she turned onto the train tracks. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's possible. I can see where that's iffy for the investigators. Unlikely, but potentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you remember the evidence photos? In the evidence photos, the shoes were placed next to each other. Like she was standing there. Yeah, it was like. Perfect. It was a little hiding behind a miniature tree. It was a little eerie. Extremely eerie. 
uh, Diane said that it, it kind of looked like somebody had just taken a rat out of her shoes. Yes. And that was so sad to me. That was, yeah, being snatched right out of her shoes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember, but she gives a heartbreaking scenario where she thinks Tiffany was running from somebody potentially. Yeah. And holding onto that tree that she mentioned, the very small, yeah. thin branch, like trying to save herself. Yeah. But she wasn't able to. Yeah. Um, some other people think that the shoes and the headband were pr- were placed there. Yeah. Because her shorts weren't found. Like, her, to this day, her shorts are still, have still, never been found. Still missing. And then back to the rape kit. Yep. And that just gives me even more reason to think that a rape kit should have been done. So it's at this point that I started questioning the suicide. Mm-hmm. Because why would you take your shorts off? Like, that makes no sense. But even if she did take the shorts off, I can't remember correctly. I don't know if you do, but I think Diane, her mom, said that they searched those woods. And right? never found anything else. And never found anything else. So if she would have taken the shorts off, where are they? Yeah. They would have been found eventually. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It just made, it makes no sense. No. It makes me so mad. And <laughs> so there was two things in particular, and, and maybe I shouldn't mention one of these because it didn't really come up till the end of the episode, but none of the friends were interviewed for this special. So between none of the friends being interviewed and the shorts missing, this is where I started thinking foul play Mm -hmm. because none of her friends wanted to come forward and talk about it. Why? If they were really her friends and they loved her and they cared about her and they wanted some kind of resolution for Tiffany, Mm -hmm. you'd think somebody that she was close to Mm would have come on there. Like, even the girl with the credit card, if she was really that good of a friend, okay, yeah, she stole my credit card, she used it, but I didn't want her to lose her life. But nothing, which is very iffy it's to me. Weird. Yeah. So I, I, I think the whole idea that somebody picked her up at the house, they tossed the phone out of the car, Tiffany tried to get away. They snatched her back up. Her shorts are missing. I'm just like, at this point, it's when I started thinking it's not a suicide. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if you remember, but no testing was ever done on the shoes or the headband either. Right. And five years after this, Tiffany's family decided to pay out of pocket to have them tested. And, but then nothing ever came of it. Well, and unfortunately, the chain of custody had been broken, so any of those test results would have been thrown out anyway that's so sad yeah that's just horrible a few theories were mentioned in the episode on what might have happened one is where tiffany did take her own life and she did walk she threw her phone yeah and the other items out the road random places while she walked there i don't know why she would have done that but i mean yeah i guess it's possible i think it's possible unlikely but possible mm-hmm. um Make there, no sense. Yeah, and I noticed that there's not hardly anybody who believes that this is what happened. It just doesn't make it just doesn't make sense to me. No, and other people why she would walk barefoot. Yeah, and take her shorts off, and you know. So for me, this makes no sense because if you're going to commit suicide by a train, how would she know there's going to be a train? Like I said earlier, she wouldn't. To me, it would have been a situational circumstance. Yeah, there's the train. I'm. I screwed my life up. My life's over. I might as well end it. Yeah. There would have been no forethought into it. Yeah. 
Um, another theory is is that, like Diane said, somebody called her name from down the driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was somebody she knew, so she willingly got in the car, and then, like you said, somebody may have like grabbed the phone and threw it out the window. Yep. And then that's whenever Tiffany realized she was in trouble. Yes. Um, and honestly, I think this might be what happened, maybe potentially because. At the end of the episode, we learned the deer camera. I think it was Paul D'Amato that said this. The deer camera caught something that kind of looked like headlights down the driveway. Yes. And it showed a picture of it. And I was like, oh. Yeah. That's. That's sketch. Very, very suspicious to me. Yeah. And then going back to nobody seeing her walking down the road. And like you said, she was just gone whenever her parents went out there. So that makes it seem like somebody picked her up even more. Yeah. And, and I think somebody did. I really do. I do, too. It was also mentioned that right by the impact site, there was a very remote location. Do you remember this? I do. It kind of looked like an abandoned building of some sort, maybe. Yeah. Which, to me, in my opinion, so where the shoes were found, you walk through the woods, and then that location's there. Right next to that is the railroad tracks. Yeah. So instead of walking the mile down the road... And then the quarter mile up the tracks, like they were suggesting, mm-hmm. someone snatches you. They take you to that remote location. You run to get away down the railroad tracks. You don't have your shoes. They forced you to take your clothes off. I mean, to me. Yeah, I think they, they mentioned this because, you know, they said, what a perfect place to commit a murder. Yes. Because there's, nobody's going to hear you scream, they said. It's right next to the railroad tracks, so it's loud. Middle of nowhere. Nobody's going to hear you or see anything. Yeah. Um, and then after this, D'Amato mentions the evidence photos again. Uh, there's one where the impact happened, and it looks like there's a pool of blood. Yes. And it leaves him to think that she was killed at the remote location, and then her body was put on the tracks to bleed out. Right. And... That kind of makes sense to me, too, because if a train hits you, your blood isn't going to just settle up in one big blood. It would splatter, you would think. You would think so. But But my my thing on that, though, is either that's what happened. They killed her and left her there to cover it up. mm -hmm. Or she got away. She ran down the tracks. The train's coming. She didn't realize she was that close to it. And it hit her. Yeah, that I didn't think about. Or, it. Or, or she tripped uh-huh. and fell in front of the train. Mm-hmm. That's so sad. But uh, they said no testing was ever done on that red spot to even determine if it was blood. Right. Or if it was blood, if it was Tiffany's blood. Right. Which I thought was weird. Well, see, I can kind of see that. But then remember going back to the pool of blood on the train tracks, the medical examiner's report stated that her body was cut. Her arms. Yeah. Her arms and her legs were cut at the torso, kind of like right here. Yeah, they were cut off. Yeah. And like D'Amato said, like that word cut was used, not ripped, not tore. Yeah. And so then that means that it's very, very possible that she was laying there and then the train just, like, went right over her and just, like, split her in half. Yeah. You know? That's just... No, that's... Just... <laughs> um, about a year or so after Tiffany was killed, a convenience store worker contacted police about something that he had overheard in his store. I couldn't recall if it was workers that worked for him or if it was just customers. I, I didn't 
I don't think they ever. I don't think they clarified that. I don't think they did either. So I'm not sure about that. But he said that he overheard three, I think there were like three teenage boys Mm -hmm. talking in the store about Tiffany's case. They said they heard that it was a murder and that somebody picked her up. So then that supports our theory. Somebody picked her up from the house and murdered her. The worker was interviewed extensively and he made sure to state that this was just something that he overheard and he doesn't know if it's a fact or not. Right. And then they tracked down the three teenagers and they interviewed them. And they all deny ever saying anything. Yep. Like, they deny ever talking about the case, and they said that they heard that it was a suicide. Yeah. And that was really weird to me. Yeah. And then after this, they they show interview clips of one of Tiffany's, I don't know if it was her friend or just like a schoolmate or something, but she said that Tiffany probably wasn't as happy as everybody had thought. Do you remember that? I forgot about that. Yeah, and that she you probably wouldn't have been able to tell unless you were close to her. Yeah. Now that you mentioned this, I remember it, but yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, they the police interviewed her. And that part of that interview was shown on the documentary. Yes. But her face was blurred out. Yeah. Um, at the end of the episode it stated that the New Jersey Transit Police and like you said earlier, Tiffany's friends declined to be interviewed for the episode. Uh-huh. And then it was also stated that the New Jersey Medical Examiner's Office reviewed the case again in 2018, but the suicide ruling was upheld. Yeah. So that's basically everything that we learned. Which is a lot. From just the Unsolved Mysteries episode. Which is a lot. Yes. But you're telling me there's more to this that I'm not aware of. A lot more. <laughs> I had a jaw-dropping moment yesterday. Oh, I was researching it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's get into that. But, so I've heard that Unsolved Mysteries has left out quite a few things in past episodes. I figured I should probably do research outside of that to see if they left anything out. Um, Get this. You're going to jump out of your seat. According to an article on Screen Rant, as well as various other sources that I read, there was an axe found near Tiffany's body with red markings on it. What? (laughs) And I have a note here. It says, freak out. Because what? <laughs> An axe was found beside her body? With red markings on it. How did they leave that out? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Because the whole episode was based on her family so sure she did not kill herself. So why would they leave this out? Because this supports the homicide theory. Yes, it does. 100%. Well, get this. Tiffany's family was expecting there to be some forensic, forensic testing done. Because, duh, to determine if the red markings were blood. Because they didn't know if it was blood or not. And if it was blood, if it was Tiffany's blood. But the axe was lost. It was lost before they could ever do any testing. That's a little suspicious, huh? Oh, my God. I know. That's why I told you not to read this, because I was like, no way. That's insane. (sighs) There's more. Um, According to an article for the Daily Beast, Tiffany had stolen money from her parents not long before her death. So this sort of coincides with the fact that Tiffany used her friend's credit card without permission. Mm Mm-hmm. So this one is kind of supporting the suicide theory, but like if she, she could have gotten scared, you know, yeah. after her mom went inside to go get her dad. And I have always heard, and you even told me this, like suicide, it's not always a planned out thing. Like you can make the decision within just like a couple of seconds, minutes yeah, or whatever. So that could have happened. Um, but also adding to the suicide theory, child protective services had also recently visited the home. 
What? Multiple times. Multiple times. Mm -hmm. According to the same article for the Daily Beast, CPS visited the home three separate times the previous year. Um, because one of Tiffany's teachers noticed some bruising on her arm that didn't like look like it was consistent with injury from a sport. So they reported it. Um, and the only thing that I could like figure out that came from that was a CPS worker recommended that Tiffany and Diane seek therapy together. Because I guess maybe their relationship wasn't as rainbows and butterflies as, you know, as they may have thought. Yeah. So apparently there was some conflict between mother and daughter. Mm-hmm. Gee, you don't know anything about that, do you? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they went to therapy, but, and Diane, <laughs> Diane had admitted to pu- punching Tiffany in the arm one time during an argument. But the therapist became satisfied with their relationship and they stopped going to therapy. Okay. So, but I do want to note that Tiffany did say to, she told her therapist that she wasn't depressed or suicidal. Okay. At all. But I mean, you know, that doesn't ever mean anything because if you say that they're going to send you somewhere to get help and she probably knew that. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, uh, they send you against your will. Exactly. So, because I remember... I went to counseling and you know, they're like, you know, everything's confidential unless you threaten to harm yourself or somebody else. Yep. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks for telling me what I can't tell you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I should have left it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, uh, oh, man. But that's insane. Yeah. So that, that concludes my research. But um, I have here that we can talk about our theories, which we kind of just did throughout. Yeah, we did. But. So th- there's a little more information that supports the suicide theory which does support the suicide theory in my opinion yeah i think so too but then going back to the axe the axe no yeah because i i was iffy i i could see it being suicide i could see it being a murder but then whenever i read that yesterday about the axe i was like it there's just no way i mean we can't know because they didn't test it because it was lost why was it lost but I don't understand how stuff like that gets lost. I don't know. I just. Oh, wait, do me a favor. Yeah. The article. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you read or tell me the name of the who wrote the article again or the source of the article? Because you said that really fast. Just for listeners. Yeah. Um. There's one for the Daily Beast. Daily Beast. Yes. And there is also one. It says Screen Rant. Screen Rant. Yeah, and I I put the links in that so you can put it in the show notes. Oh, okay. So they can read it if they want to. Okay. Yeah. So. And this is on Netflix, so you can watch this on Netflix, Unsolved Mysteries. Mm -hmm. So my theories that I have here are suicide. And then the friend whose card she used, you kind of hinted at this a little bit. What if they had like a group? I don't want to accuse anybody. So nobody's ever been named a suspect or anything. Now, they did mention, and I don't think you covered it, that potentially a girl or two girls and one guy had picked her up. Yes, that was what the convenience held her said. at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. Took her to that location that we were talking about that was abandoned. Told her to strip down to humiliate her. Yeah. So you left that out. Yeah. And to me... I could forgot about that. I could see that. I could too. And then they killed her, or or she was trying to run away. She's trying to run away. I don't know. I don't think it was a suicide. I don't either. I really don't. Like I don't want to accuse anybody. We don't know this friend's name, but she denied using the friend's credit card 
the friend left. And then just a couple minutes later, it looks like there's a car at the end of the driveway. It looks like she's being called. Her parents come back out and she's gone. Her phone's thrown out. Her clothes are thrown out. Yeah. It's, I just, I, it's just, I don't think it was a suicide. I just don't. I, I think the friend needs to be looked at. Mm-hmm. I really do. I don't know who this girl is. And, and if I'm wrong, I apologize for this. But I say in situations like this, no stone unturned. And I feel like that's a stone that's been left unturned. Yeah. Well, so I agree. That's this this case for our first one, I feel like has been a real holy crap. Mm-hmm. This is insane. Yeah. I think I've watched this episode. I watched it with my boyfriend the first time. Yeah. I think I watched it alone the second time. Then I watched it with you, and then we watched it again whenever we decided to do our podcast. Yeah, we've watched it twice. Yeah, so I've watched it four times. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm still just, like, mind blown. Yeah. Because you want to think, like, the police are going to do what the police do, but, like you said, they're not trained for that. Yep. So. Yeah, it wasn't a real police department. Do you have anything else you need to say? It's just sad. I mean, it it makes me want to cry. My biggest thing is... I feel for the family. They lived a nightmare. They live a nightmare every day. I know being a father, that's just something that you would never get over. Mm-hmm. And I feel for the family, especially especially for me, uh, being a dad, seeing the father when the message was playing, the voicemail that he left, yeah. and the emotion like I felt that mm-hmm. I felt that deeply. Yeah, because he was he was barely keeping it together. Yeah, if you haven't watched this episode of Unsolved Mysteries, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's Volume Three, Episode One. You need to watch it. Yeah, because you'll cry. And yeah, so yeah, that's it. Definitely worth a listen or a watch. Anything else? I I think I think. We covered this pretty in depth. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you doing all the research. I think you did a fantastic job. I tried. Especially it took about a week. About a week? Yeah. That's not bad. If you have any information about the death of Tiffany Valiente, please contact the Motto Law Firm at 1 609 926 3300. Or you can go to unsolved.com to submit a tip. And there's a $20,000 reward. There is. There is a $20,000 reward for the conviction and arrest. All right, folks, we appreciate it. Thank y'all for listening. We'll see y'all in two weeks. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please subscribe, rate, and review. You can visit us at unmaskingevil.com or email us unmaskingevilpodcast at gmail.com